we're just going to jump right into uh, today's message. Um, w- let me catch you up. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> the, uh, the Holy Ghost, as many of you were brought up saying. This is, uh, and, and our title for this series I, is I Know a Ghost. And, and what we're trying to emphasize here is that this is a relationship that we have with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is very mysterious, and there are times when we really don't understand. We, we like things that fit in neat little boxes and packages, and you can draw a line around it, and you know what this thing is, and the Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. We, we can't just put him in a box and, and understand everything about him because it's the Spirit of God. But Jesus promised us that because we have the Holy Spirit, that we'll be doing things beyond what Jesus even did. Jesus said, the Spirit inside you is better than having me right beside you. And last week, we began to talk a little bit more about that, what that looks like and how we have this option every day. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have this choice to live by the Spirit, but you've got to die to self. You remember that, talking about feeding yourself versus feeding the Spirit. And that's something that we get to do every day. So today, we want to talk about what it means and what it looks like to recognize the voice of the Spirit in your life so that you can obey the Holy Spirit. So what are some voices that you can recognize instantly? You don't have to see the person I'm going to give you a little test. We're going to give you some audio clips. And if you know the voice that, that you're going to hear, I want you to shout out the name. Okay, you ready? Let's go. Go infinity and beyond. Who's that? Buzz Light, you're very good. Oh, for a bunch of grown-ups, that was impressive. All right. Next. But he brings what he has and brings it to Jesus. And Jesus multiplies it forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Who's that? That's Zach. That's Zach, our worship pastor. Zach Scott. Good job. Next. <laughs> this somehow made it worse. <laughs> that laugh is pretty unmistakable, isn't it? All right. You guys are doing great. Do we have more? Go ahead. Make my day. <laughs> Who's that? That was actually me. No, I'm just kidding. That was Clint Eastwood. <laughs> All right, one more. We believe that everyone has something to offer. Time, talent, and treasure. Maybe what you, maybe you, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I did not Even get a you. chance to screen these uh, before. And so thanks for that, friends. Awesome. But you, you have these voices. Do you remember before um, when you would get a phone call, before the time when you knew who it was by looking at your screen? Before that time, you had to actually be able to recognize people's voices, you know? You, you had like 10 seconds to figure out, okay, who is this, and do I really want to talk to them, and what is my attitude going to be? And now you see the name right there. It just pops up, and you can prepare yourself. Like, you can even go, nope, not talking to them right now. You didn't, we didn't used to have that option, but now you, you don't have to recognize the voice. But what are some voices in your life that you just recognize? There are two main reasons why we would recognize a voice. One is because it's just really familiar. It's, some, it's a voice that you've heard over and over and over again. Maybe, maybe it's your mom or your dad or a grandparent or a close friend. And these voices you're going to know automatically no matter what. Another reason why you would recognize a voice instantly is because it's just really distinctive. There's some quality about that voice, like Jimmy Stewart or something like that, where you just, you just know. You hear that voice and you go, oh, I know who that is. No one else talks like that, right? 
Well, Jesus said to his disciples that, that you are going to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. Now, how, how, how are they going to know that it was the Holy Spirit speaking to them? This is what Jesus says in uh, John chapter, uh, oh, we have a problem. So um, my sermon notes are in my office <laughs> on, the, uh, on my desk in a little pile. <laughs> so John chapter 14, verse 26, I know that much. Here's what it says. We're going to read it off the screen because... Uh, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So Jesus tells his disciples that there's someone coming that is going to teach you everything that I've said. Have you ever wondered, like, how did Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how did they remember what Jesus said word for word? Like, it, isn't that pretty amazing? Isn't that impressive? Thank you, dear. <laughs> how... How did they remember all that stuff? Well, Jesus says that it was the Holy Spirit that helped them remember everything that he said. In John 16, uh, 13, Jesus says that when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So Jesus tells them again, listen, this is really important. Look, this is all happening in the same conversation. Jesus says this over and over again. The Holy Spirit is going to come. He is going to say things to you that you need to obey. He's going to communicate truth to you that you need to communicate to other people. This is really important. And so it had to be critical that they would hear and, and obey the voice of the Spirit. And so they need the Spirit to be familiar to them, and they need to understand that the Holy Spirit's voice is distinctive, that He's going to say things that no one else would say. He's going to lead us to do things that no one else would, would lead us to do. So... Is that how your life works? Do you hear the Holy Spirit on a regular basis? Are you able to discern his voice, to recognize it when you hear it? Every time you, something speaks to you, you know that, that was the Holy Spirit, and I know it. Do you live with that kind of confidence? Do you live with that kind of obedience showing up in your life where you do things that the only explanation is you're obeying the Holy Spirit? I, I think that's supposed to be where, where we are. How do we get there from here? I, I think that we all have some room to grow in hearing and obeying the voice of the Spirit. So uh, our children's pastor, Amber Hawkins, has been studying the Holy Spirit for eight months. Like she's been doing a deep dive on this to help us in our 5-2 training. If you've been to the 5-2 training or you've watched the videos online, you've uh, heard or seen Amber do our conversations about being Spirit-led. This has been just a big part of her life, and, and she has seen the Holy Spirit show up in some great ways. So I'm going to invite her up, and we're going to have a conversation that you guys uh, get to kind of listen in on as we just kind of hear what Amber has to share about how the Holy Spirit has been at work in her life. So give Amber a welcome. Thanks for uh, skipping out on children's ministry to come up and help us today. You know, it's a sacrifice, but you guys are worth it. So you've been, um, w when we decided to do the 5-2 training, this is not a question that you're prepared to answer. That's but, okay. Um, when we decided to do the 5-2 training and we were dividing up all of these, these different categories or these five essentials, you wanted to, to teach and talk about the Holy Spirit. Why? Mm -hmm. um, I just felt drawn to it. You know, I, 
I grew up in, in ministry. I grew up on the mission field. And so it was something that I had kind of seen on a regular basis. You know, I watched people that I have really just upheld in the faith do great things. And not because they were necessarily great people, but because they were familiar with the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit moved. But I also kind of grew up in smaller churches, and so it was definitely the Holy Ghost. And so I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I don't know that I, I want much to do with that. Um, and so it just seemed like a good opportunity to, to stretch and grow myself and to kind of help put some puzzle pieces together. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you did that. Um, so what, what do you see as an important first step and us learning to hear and obey the voice of the Spirit in our lives? For sure. Um, I think it's learning and discerning. You know, there is a, a lot of scripture that talk about the Holy Spirit and how he can help us and just kind of what exactly he does. And so I think being aware of that, looking at that scripture, and then just trying to figure out how to discern his voice based off of scripture and kind of your own experience and, and growing that relationship. Something in, in 5.2 that we've talked about, if you've been, is that, uh, you know, relationships bring like a familiar sound, kind of like the voices that we listened to this morning. You know, I kind of liken it to the cries of your child. You know the cries of your kids. You know when they're just being whiny or a pouty or they need something or they're actually hurt. You have enough relationship there that you know what's going on. And I think that we can get to a familiar place with the Holy Spirit where we know him well enough because of our relationship that we know when he's moving and when he's speaking to us. So what are some clues in your life that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? Are there some things that you just recognize and you go, oh, okay, this is, this is definitely not from me. This is from God. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's kind of different for everybody. Uh, but for me, I get really sweaty. <laughs> which is not great, uh, and my heart starts to race, and uh, nine times out of ten, it is something I don't want to do, or it's super uncomfortable, or it's vulnerable, um, and so that's kind of, you know, when those things all combine, is kind of when I'm like, okay, this really isn't me, because I definitely wouldn't want to do that, <laughs> you know, but it's gotten easier, um, and so now I feel like I have that closeness that, that kind of starts it, and then I just know that, that God's going to see me through. And so I just try to act on that. Um, I do try to be aware of the person that God has kind of brought to me or um, me to them one way or the other. Um, I think a lot of times we can want to help people and be present and build a relationship with them, but we don't really stop and think about if they're in a place to receive that. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a lot of friends that work at a coffee shop, and they have a lot of people that will stop them and ask how they can pray for them, uh, which is so sweet. Like, that's, that's wonderful that we care so much about people we don't really know. But what happens is that's not really a place for them to be vulnerable, right? They're, they're trying to make drinks. They're trying to do a service for people. They've got 10 people behind them. So they're probably not going to to respond to that in a way where they can actually kind of be real with you. Um, so just trying to be aware of that too, I think is important. So I know that you've built in some, some time and space in your world specifically to connect with God. What does that look like yeah. for you and how, how can yeah. we maybe learn a little bit from that? Sure. Um, so Joseph and I have two children. Um, if you have been around for a little bit, you have probably seen them running around like a crazy person because <laughs> they're really comfortable here. Uh, so our life is hectic. Joseph and I are 
both work full-time and we're just really involved in our church family because it's important to us. Um, but I think what happens is we get so busy rushing from one thing to the other that we never really kind of stop and slow down. And then I feel we miss opportunities or people that God has kind of brought to us. And so something that I have tried to do is just to embrace silence, um, which I am not always a fan of. I like to talk and I like to listen to music. Um, and so I've tried to just create this space for God to speak and to kind of quiet myself and embrace that silence. You know, I think that it's hard for us to remember that it, it takes time. You know, you don't just get there overnight. You know, it's a, it's a relationship you have to build. It's a muscle you have to flex. Um, so something that I like to do is uh, go on Holy Spirit dates is what I call them. And I just go on uh, like little 15, 20 minute walks just around town. I usually try to stick next to the water because I just like it. And um, sometimes I pray. Sometimes I just am thankful for creation and the beautiful things that I notice. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, that house is cool. <laughs> you know, so it kind of goes back and forth. Um, but I just try to, to quiet myself, to set myself apart and to listen to what God might have to say to me. So how have you seen your expectations of, of God and what he can and will and does do? Have you seen that shift as you have been able to really listen and hear the voice of the Spirit more in your life? Yeah, absolutely. That has definitely changed. I think um, before I was probably timid, to be honest, um, and just kind of thought, you know, well, well, God's in control, so he's going to do whatever he wants to do, regardless of kind of what I bring to the table. Um, and what I have just really learned over the last eight months is he is limitless. Like, literally, there is nothing that he can't do. And I think it's so easy to put him in this box that we're comfortable with instead of just acknowledging his, his greatness and his power. And so what I've noticed in my own life and hopefully the, the, our church family um, is that you kind of move from this perspective that God can do great things to God will do great things. Like he is going to, and he invites us into that. And that's an amazing place to be invited into is to be a part of that conversation, you know, um, and I just think that he can do a lot, but I think it's hard because it's not always what, what we want, right? And I think that was kind of something that held me back because, um, well, what if this is what I want and it's wrong? Or what if I, I pray this big prayer and I'm bold with my faith and I am expectant that God is going to do something good and it, it doesn't work out? Then do I look foolish because I've, I've stepped out in faith and, and God hasn't responded in a way that was you know, what I was wanting or familiar to me. And so I think that there's kind of a way to, to just have this honest surrender, to, to have the death to self, just like you were talking about last week and, and how death to self can lead to honest surrender. And you kind of get into this place where you know that God's got you and that's the best place for you to be. So even if you are expectant and you're bold and you step out in faith, it doesn't work out necessarily the way that you had hoped it to be, you know, God's got you, and he's not wasteful, and so it's just kind of opened up my whole world. I mean, it's changed my life, you know, and, and I've grown up in the church, like, this isn't new to me, <laughs> you know, but I think that 
sometimes we kind of just get stuck in a routine. And, and God is super creative. And so God just is constantly creating new ways to connect with us, new ways to show up in our lives. And so it's about kind of moving to this place of expectancy where you just know that, that God is going to move and be great because that's what he does. I really like that shifting from believing that God can to being confident that he will. Yeah. And even being aware that he already is. For sure. You know, he already is doing stuff. So I think many of us uh, at times, uh, I had a very simplistic view of the Holy Spirit. And I kind of just saw it as my conscience. It was like, yeah. okay, I really want to go and get in this person's face and yell. But <laughs> there's something inside me saying, don't, don't, don't do that. And I'll go, oh, okay, that's the Holy Spirit. That's, mm. and, and it's kinda just kind of my conscience telling me what's good and what's bad. Yeah. But I have learned, I think that the Holy Spirit is way more than that. So what, what kind of things should we expect the Holy Spirit to lead us into? Sure. I, I think that it's important to kind of stop and, and make the connection to Jesus. There are a, a lot of people that we would consider to be good people that are, are very helpful. They're, they're very generous, but it doesn't necessarily point, point back to Jesus. You know, something that I kind of think of is the, the pay it forward. You know, when you're at Starbucks or your McDonald's, like whatever your place is, and, um, and somebody in front of you pays for your meal, and then you kind of keep it, you keep it going, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. The Holy Spirit just moved, you know, and, and really that, although generosity is obviously linked to Jesus, you know, that doesn't really help connect people to Jesus. And then you kind of feel the sense of obligation, like, well, I can't just accept this gift. I've got to give it to the person behind me or else I'm the jerk, you know? Uh, and so we kind of have this very limited, this view and perspective. Uh, and I think something that's been helpful, helpful to me is to not gauge how God works. You know, there are times where the Holy Spirit works in small ways. Maybe you just happen to be at the right place at the right time and you can encounter a friend that's broken and they just need some love, they need some encouragement, some prayer, whatever, and your paths just happen to cross because that's exactly what they needed. They needed that interaction with you because of what God is doing in them. You know, but then I think the Holy Spirit also moves in, in big ways and we see marriages restored, we see people healed from cancer, we see the, the miracle of adoption for the life of our family, you know, God can do like in these big and mighty ways. And I think sometimes we can place too much value in the big things over the little things and just kind of remembering that it's not up to us on, on how God works or if he does something big or does something small. The best thing that we can do is just kind of bring that surrender to him and say, okay, I'm going to submit to you in this situation because I trust you more than anything. And you're going to do what needs to be done because you are all-knowing, you are all-powerful, you are all-present. You know, you're going to take care of it. So I'm going to kind of take myself out of it and just see what he does. And I think that the more you kind of step out, the easier it gets, right? So the, the less nervous you are, the more you kind of figure out kind of how to approach people or what to say. Um, but it's kind of scary. And so just kind of having some courage and, and stepping out and, and, and kind of flexing that muscle and just being expectant of, of what God is going to do, you know, whether it's big or small. And to not just dismiss that either way and just to give God the glory in that situation or that moment. Great. That's really helpful. Um, so just on a personal level as you close out here, what, what, what are some ways that you personally have changed as you have experienced the Holy Spirit at work in, in your life? What are some things? Mm. Tell us the story. Oof, I got a, and I got a few. How much time do we have? <laughs> um, I, I think the, 
It, well, it's absolutely changed my life. It's, it's changed my prayer life. It's changed my connection with God. It's changed my interaction with people um, because I'm just so much more aware that God is physically present and that he is like this direct connection. The Holy Spirit is this direct connection to God that allows him to move. And, um, and so I'm a lot more bold in, in my prayers and in the way that I feel like God moves in my life. Um, but the biggest thing personally is our daughter, Ruby. Um, she is our foster child and she is the best. She is clumsy as I will get out. She like has a permanent bruise on her head, I feel like. <laughs> um, but she moved into our home back in December um, with the intent of adoption. And so we were kind of set on this path. We, we brought her in. Hazel immediately, our three-year-old, loved her and almost like smothers her with her love, like it's a little too much <laughs> sometimes. Um, and so we were a family automatically. Um, and then about three months ago, her case did a 180 and her parents resurfaced and they 100% want her back and are actively working towards that. Um, and so Joseph and I were just shaken, you know, to be honest. Um, when, when her mom first resurfaced and wanted visits, I was like, okay, I know her kind of track record, you know, I, I know the situation. I don't ultimately feel that anything's going to change. I think we can still be a family of four, and then this summer, her dad got visits as well, and then I freaked out, <laughs> and I actually called you crying, because I was just like, oh no, like, she could, she could be taken from us, and then how do we tell our three-year-old that she doesn't have a sister anymore, like, how do you process that, you know, someone that you welcomed into your home so deeply, and I feel like God spoke through you in such a powerful way in that moment, and you just said, maybe it's not about us. And so that's kind of when my Holy Spirit date started. And I thought, okay, I have got to figure out some, some time to kind of carve in and, and let the Holy Spirit speak to me. Because if, if I'm not living in Christ, if I'm not in the Holy Spirit, then I'm falling apart. And I'm not sane. And I'm living in fear. I'm um, possessive. You know, like she was mine in the first place, which she's not. Um, and that's a tough lesson to learn, especially as a parent. You know, it's, I think that's something that most parents kind of go through is like, okay, my child's not my own, you know. But it was so tangible for us to think that she could actually be removed. And so when I started my Holy Spirit dates, everything just shifted. And God just spoke to me in the clearest ways, you know. And it wasn't like this big booming voice from from heaven, you know, like I think we kind of expect like almost a, a movie level experience, which isn't really the case, um, but just quieting myself and, and letting God speak to me instead of me spewing out all my, my fears or my insecurities and just letting him kind of speak some life into me um, and even doing just like simple things like taking deep breaths. Um, I like to do this thing that's kind of weird, so, you know, don't judge me too much, um, where I take a deep breath in and I breathe Jesus in and then I breathe out whatever it is I need to let go of, um, whether that's fear, whether that's insecurity, whether that's my, my own agenda, you know, uh, and just kind of quieting myself in what ended up happening, um, and we still don't know what's going to happen with her, um, but we trust God. God is not wasteful. You know, the, the things that we go through and the people that he brings us to have purpose, and I think trusting God to do what only he can do and, and surrendering to him 
and to trust that that pain has a purpose and it has a face and somebody needs that. And it's been so cool, even with our daughter's case, um, just to see how people respond to, to how Joseph and I handle the situation. It's not a normal situation to be in, um, so it's kind of hard to navigate. Um, and so I've just relied heavily on the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's really the only thing kind of keeping me going. And um, it has just led to some really great conversations, even with caseworkers, where I've had caseworkers come up to me and say, how are you doing this? <laughs> like, how, how are you handling the situation like that? You know, and then I get to have this beautiful conversation with, with strangers because they can sense this, this calmness that I have, you know, and it might be kind of like a duck where you're like calm on the top and then your feet are kind of <laughs> doing this, you know, um, but kind of acknowledging that something is, is different about you. And so it's kind of allowed me to move into this place of godly confidence, you know, not confidence in, in my ability or my words and how I'm going to respond, but confident that, that God's going to do his thing. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate the way that you've um, taken on this role as someone who's going to be led by the Spirit, and I think you're blazing a trail, you and Joseph as well are blazing a trail that is a great example for many of us. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you, I appreciate that. (laughs) So what's your next step? If, If something that she said or the way that she and Joseph are living their lives with dependence on the Holy Spirit, if you kind of look at that and go, ah, I need... I need more of that. I, w- I wish I had more of that. What, what's your next step? So we're, we're, we're going to practice. We're, I think this is the next step. You, you practice. You, you don't get good at something overnight. And uh, my children have heard me say this over and over again because I think our tendency, we kind of live in a culture where uh, I, I want to be good at things, and so if I start something new and, I find, and I'm not good at it right away, then it's easy just to quit that thing and go and try to find something else I'm really good at. And if we apply that to our spiritual lives, we're going to come up empty a lot because these are not things you just get good at overnight. We have to practice hearing and obeying, okay? It's not enough just to hear. If we obey, that obeying part gives us a chance to test and see, is the Holy Spirit trustworthy? Can I really trust him that when I feed the Holy Spirit, he's going to, he's going to give me back this this renewed relationship with God, this peace and joy and purpose that no one else can give. So we're going to practice today. Here's, here's something that I do sometimes. I just want to invite you to do this with me, okay? We're going to put Psalm 1914 on the screen. Uh, we're going to say this together three times, okay? And then we're going to take a minute just to sit and be quiet. Actually, we're going to take two minutes to sit and be quiet, all right? It's going to be a little awkward and strange, but so is the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, are you ready to say this with me? Out loud, in English, three times. Here we go. Are you ready? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. I want to invite you just to close your eyes and to sit and direct your thoughts to God.
Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your spirit. And I pray that we would cultivate this awareness that your spirit is with us all the time. And this desire, this habit of obeying when you speak. We believe that you are wanting to expand your kingdom through your people and that the Holy Spirit's mission is to get us on board with yours. Would you do that in us, in each person in this room? In Christ's name, amen. I don't know if that felt like a long time to you. It was two minutes. It was just under two minutes, actually. Some of you are like, I, I'm, I never experienced silence for that long in my life. It never happens. <clears throat> could, you, could you carve out two minutes a day? I mean, if not, you, you may need to get some help with that. <laughs> two minutes to sit, to meditate, to be silent before the Lord. I don't know if, if the Spirit spoke to you in this moment. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I think the more that we practice that, the more we're going to hear the voice of the Spirit in our lives. And the more you hear the Spirit and you obey the Spirit, the more you get to be on board and a participant in what God is doing in the world all the time, all around us. He is growing His kingdom. He is changing hearts and lives all the time. He's invited you to be a part of that. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this, this Holy Spirit voice, you're not going to hear it. Jesus said, for, it's for those who are in Christ that receive the gift of this relationship with the Spirit of God. So if you're, if you're not, if you haven't put Christ at the center of your life, this is something that's not really even available to you. So the challenge for you is, do I want Jesus at the center? Do I want to have access to the power of God in my life through His Holy Spirit? Maybe that's a question you need to answer today.